Hi there, my name's Adam Parr. I'm the podcast host, the Parr City Podcast. In this podcast, you'll be listening to me connect with people from different walks of life, from the military to people in the music industry to people in the self-help industry and many other areas of life. In this podcast, I'll be talking about topics from self-help, mental health, motivation, spirituality, mindset, society, current affairs, and much, much more. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, share, and let me know your feedback. My main intention on this podcast is to have a positive impact. For you, the the listener, to take something positive from it, to apply something positive into your life from this. Now, with without further ado, let's get into this podcast and enjoy. Hi, and welcome to the Positive Podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Hannah Loveday. Hannah Loveday is a well-being consultant and speaker. She now helps businesses, corporations, and groups of people to develop themselves and really tap into their potential and to really ground themselves through mindfulness, yoga, and meditation. In this podcast, we talk about meditation, mindset, the current situation with COVID, being able to handle stress, and much more. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Tuning in, trying to find out how to win. Go along and tell a friend. Marathon, you know the game. Keep on running, never end. Getting better, make a man. Adam got it, Adam got it. Hannah, it's uh, great to have you on the podcast. How are you doing today? You right? I'm really good. Feeling very well. Good. Thank you for having me. No, you're welcome. You're welcome. It's great to uh, connect with you. And, um, yeah, I just thought I'd start by, you know, kind of asking, you know, how you kind of got into like personal development, uh, you know, so you're a well-being consultant, uh, you know, you do speaking, yoga, meditation, you know, this kind of field. Kind of what, what kind of got, got you into like doing this? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm originally from a performing background. Um, so I started from a young age with the acting, the singing, the dancing. Um, and then I came out of the dance industry and realized that I was really interested in mental health and learning and development and training. And I went to stay in India for nearly a year. Uh, My sister was out there for four years, so I went to stay with her there. And I got into yoga. And obviously India is the birthplace. And I got into meditation and thought, okay, I see why people are into this stuff and how simple it can be, but how powerful it can be. And uh, growing up, I was quite an attention seeking, dramatic, 
child. Um, and I found it difficult in my household with different energies. And I think the stage and the performing world have been my kind of outlet to really be me. And I love that. Mm. But then coming out of the dance industry where it was very superficial, um, quite fake a lot of the time, I found yoga and thought, this is my calling now. You know, it's still movement, but it's not so extroverted. It's more kind of internal. And I think mm. I needed that kind of healing as a person and yoga, uh, India was a place to do a lot of that kind of soul searching and healing. And then my stepmother who had got me into Buddhism and really helped me through my spiritual path. She had said to go to this company and do this yoga course. Um, and then I started teaching back in the UK and I went to Thailand to do some more studying with the yoga to a really fantastic center there. Um, and then over the years, I felt like mm, yoga's not enough now and I'm not gonna be this bendy forever. Um, and so then I got into uh, education and training and I did some training and got some qualifications around meditation, but also around teaching. Um, and then I started doing some speaking roles around the meditation side. I was working with adults with mental illness um, and teaching mindfulness. And I did all my training within mindfulness. And then um, my brother, who is a journalist, um, and he works now within the insurance world, he got me into some mental health summits and forums. So suddenly I'm speaking about meditation and mental health and mindfulness, and um, I decided to create some courses. So I designed these well-being courses and thought I need to take this into the corporate world um, because that's where I see a lot of suffering. There's a lot of pressure, dog eat dog, you know, people that are working every hour under the sun and really their lives are just being wasted through this demand. And um, the corporate world didn't seem to have much concern or regard around mental health, which has completely changed over the last few years. And employee wellbeing strategies were moving up the agenda. And a lot of companies over even the last five years had started to incorporate a lot of uh, mental health training, the mental health first aiders, um, you know, well-being within the workplace. And I think with meditation and mindfulness, it, it started off, people were thinking it was wishy-washy and it was just for yogis or well, well-being was just for them, you know, just for the elite or the rich and the people that can go to retreats and, and have, you know, gurus. And it's not, you know, it's mandatory, it's for everybody. And the corporate world's really opened up its doors now and its perspective to, you know, to have a thriving business, we need to have happy, healthy workforce and employees. And so they're putting money into it finally. And so I saw a little, a little opening there. And I thought, right, get these courses off the ground and create your company that isn't just yoga. And I, I work with a lot of adults with mental illness, as I say, I have for many years and work within the NHS um, and education, but taking it further into the workplace. So I, yeah, designed these wellbeing courses and I'm just continuously designing them now because companies are like, we want to book more and more and more, which is brilliant. Um, mm. So as you can imagine, in this yeah. pandemic, it's been, it's been busy and I'm very, very grateful of that. Um, mm. And my courses are on, you know, mental fitness because there, there's been a, quite a stigma around mindfulness and meditation. And I think when it kind of came into the corporate world a bit, companies were calling it, say, uh, corporate resilience or mm. performance coaching and, and bringing mindfulness in there because people sometimes think I don't want to do this wishy-washy 
meditation mm. you know it's not really my thing but it's just sitting and breathing you know do you meditate i i used to meditate quite a bit i i should do it more i i do have like you know times where i just you know sit outside and i just kind of like ground myself and stay mm. pre- you know kind of get present yeah but meditating and, and you know like that kind of thing like i it's on my definitely on my list i need to do it you know more frequently mm. That's it. And I think so many more people now, especially going through this year, because, you know, COVID has brought to the surface a lot of the societal issues, you know, whether it be the way we treat animals, the way we eat food, um, the way we treat the planet, but but the way we treat ourselves and others as well. You know, and Mm. if we can, if the world can reset through this and come back with a deeper connection for compassion for each other, you know, we're so judgmental to each mm. other and I think it's brought the best and the worst out of people but if we can reset a little bit more with self-care is a must you know it's imperative I mean even mm. at the best of times looking after your mental health is important isn't it but this has highlighted it because I think people have said okay you know I've never really suffered with any anxiety before and now I can't sleep because I'm worried about this pandemic taking someone that I love or and mm. I think often it takes a catastrophe or a trauma to change and to shift, doesn't it? And that's not mm. for the world, that's for just people. It's, I think, grief. Like yourself, you went through something huge with your mm. accident that bring, I think these dramas that we have or the, the grief or loss or trauma, it brings us into the present moment more, doesn't it? And mm. it, we don't want it to be that way. We don't want to have to lose someone to make us feel more present or to have some trauma to, you know, these teachings and these practices through self-care help mm. you to become more in the present moment because I feel like what I want my courses to achieve is that people just arrive more fully in their lives. You know, we seem to be in this spell of the screen and the scrolling and the, and I see it even with people around me that we're losing that concentration. We're losing that presence to actively Mm. listen to someone or to know that someone's in need, you know, through calling them and actually speaking to that person rather than just seeing what they're posting on Instagram or you know it's Mm. connecting more through communication Mm. and our concentration levels are going down and our Mm. kind of communication skills interpersonal skills through young youngsters are the younger generations are suffering and I think to just take yourself away and grasp what it is to be more mindful and present will just enhance your life you know because otherwise Mm. we're we're just existing, aren't we? Without being fulfilled with these beautiful moments and connections that you can have every single day. You know, they don't have to mm. just be for special occasions when you come away feeling uplifted or grounded mm. or loved or connected. Every single day there's joy and there's things that we can find, even when we're going through challenges. But I used to, I used to have difficulty dealing with emotions. Mm. And I know for me, meditation and self-care even things like journaling um you know waking up in the morning and just that brain dump of like what did I just dream about what did I even if you're Mm. not trying to find out what it means it's just releasing it because we're we're overthinking all the time aren't we we just Mm. Mm. there's an Anthony Hopkins quote about we're slowly dying through thinking you know we're we're killing ourselves through think 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 about everything and Mm. the brain is like a death trap the mind is like a death trap something like that and it's so true we're just consumed by thoughts Mm. and it's hard not to be Mm. um, especially at the moment but Mm. when you just sit and take that time to breathe 
these tools are so simplistic yet so powerful um and i think people are really coming around to them that you know take that time for yourself and reap the benefits because there's you know just even gratitude i think i watched a beautiful um discussion the other day about mindfulness and how the world has become more present all of a sudden you know we've had to if you were floating through life just a bit like meh bit beige bit this pandemic has woken everybody up hasn't it and mm. there was do you know jill scott the singer jill scott the rmb the name yeah she's a poet as well and she was talking about she's on the panel and she was talking about the black lives matter matters movement happening at this time and how you know there's never a good time for anyone to be treated uh like that or killed or mm. and this has been going on for many many years but for the world to wake up to it at this time through a lockdown mm. was almost perfect for the universe to put that in at that time mm. it's like this is happening every day yet we are all in shock anyway through this pandemic and now people sitting at home and you know millions of white people who have not understood what's going on for people of color all these years that mm. were quite shocked oh my goodness this is happening all the time you know and it's that for them mm. to be able to immerse themselves into it mm. whilst being at home or being you know having a bit more time to reflect was fantastic because the world has been in shock you know mm. and shock produces stress hormones mm. and stress hormones inflammation and inflammation can kill you you mm. know cortisol cancer uh, stomach ulcers heart attacks this is all from stress and mm. our thoughts make us stress so our thoughts can kill us and our thoughts mm. can also heal us mm. so i think coming into this the well well-being industry say what 15 years ago it's life changing and it sounds really cheesy but it is life changing and i know now how i can better control my emotions and how i can be a better parent a better friend or partner and and i think yeah i think the world needs some of that mm. you know it's important um and especially at the moment my goodness yeah no i i totally agree with you and i think like you know with what you're doing and you know creating these courses and that you went to india and you know you put your time research and energy energy you know into learning more about it i think that's you know really great and that you're you know you're wanting to help people you know on a on a big scale as well and you know you're doing that through these courses um so, you know i think that's great and i think like you know mental health is is definitely key i mean especially now mm. um you know i saw a post i'm not going to say who it is but i saw a post in someone's post and you know i think they they tried you know doing something to themselves because you know the anxiety and the stress and you know they did like a public thing about it you know saying thank you to everyone who's there you know and on on the person's videos now and they you know seem okay and you just don't know and I think, you know, this time is, you know, this this period that we're kind of in, you know, it is, you know, a lot of stress, you know, especially on top of people, like you said, in the corporate world, where, you know, they, they might be having pay cuts, they might, you know, they might have their own stresses due to this, and they have to achieve these targets for their company and so forth, and, mm. you know, might have a family. You mm. add all these different layers onto it, and you can see yeah. why it's affecting people's stress, you know, stress levels, and I think... You know, your meditation and, and uh, you know, mindfulness and yoga and, you know, having that self-awareness and that, that gratitude, you know, definitely helps with that. And yeah. um, it just kind of like brings you back into alignment. And I think this this whole 
time that everything's been going on, it's definitely forcing people, I think, to, you know, look within, um, you know, at themselves and what's going on. Because, you know, if you lock down, you can't do the things. This, I think this is half the problem as well. People can't do those things that they thought would make them feel good. Like, you know, gyms are closed, nightclubs are closed, yeah. you know, social things. So people are like, you know, thinking more about, you know, what makes them happy. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, like, and, and yoga and mindfulness, you know, helps with that. Absolutely. We've, we've stripped it back to basics, haven't we? And we're now getting excited about walking two metres away from someone in the forest and just noticing mm. nature. And I think these things are looked at as insignificant because, like you say, we consume, we go out, we're excessive, we're, we're at clubs, we're spending loads of money on things we don't really need. And all these things have been taken away. So it is going, okay, what's really important? Who are the people that are really important? Who mean the most to me? And actually connecting back with nature is something I think a lot of people have, that have done recently. And there's nothing insignificant or, or wishy-washy about looking up at the sky and at the, the sunlight in the tree or just putting your bare feet on the grass. You know, these are ancient practices that are fruitful, that enhance your life. And taking those moments to appreciate nature, it just, it helps. It's really healing. And I think, for young people, it scares the hell out of me because, you know, I worry about my son who's who's eight years old. We have no screen days. I have to you know, say to him, come off the Nintendo Switch, you know, and I don't, as soon as he gets into that cycle of social media scrolling, that's when I feel like I've lost him into the screen. And I don't know if you've seen, Adam, um, Social Dilemma, the Social Dilemma. Yeah, I watched it, yeah. I mean, my goodness. And one of my, because um, I've been going on about this stuff for so long, it's always... It's never really sat right with me, the fact that we're looking through people's lives. From the, from the minute Facebook came out, I was just confused about how people were discussing other people's lives that hardly knew each other. I just, it didn't sit right. You know, our, our time and our private life is sacred to us and suddenly we're sharing more through a screen and a post than we are face to face. Mm. And it just felt weird. And, and I post for, for work, but I don't go into the scrolling. I can't bear it, but mm. I feel so scared for these youngsters, you know, Snapchat dysmorphia, where girls are going abroad to dodgy surgeons to have themselves look like their filtered selves, so they haven't got to spend the time filtering. Mm. And, and it's, you know, social media started off, I think they say this in the social dilemma, so, so, um, a social media mm. platform started as a tools-based platform mm. for helping growth, for helping learning and, and sharing. Um, and now it's changed into this manipulative an addictive mm. psychological based environment mm. where they, mm. they learn about your psychology. They learn these algorithms and they learn what makes you tick and what you want to mm. watch, what you want to see. And then they feed you this dopamine mm. and we're all dopamine addicts in our own way. My mm. one is WhatsApp, you know, all the groups, all the friends, all the family. I've got big, big family and big group of friends. And so I yeah. know that that phone, there's always going to be a question. There's always going to be someone giving me attention or, wanting an answer or mm. and it's just that dopamine mm. and it's same it's the same how many posts how many likes we're just immersed in it and we're completely at the mercy of it and if you're at the mercy of any addiction you know dopamine is as addictive as cocaine or gambling mm. you know mm. and if you're at the mercy of that you're never fully relaxed and i've mm. got a course on how to detach from the digital world uh finding balance and contentment and there's lots of breath work in there there's lots of um, practical tips in that course about, you know, have a place for your phone. 
Mm. You know, we carry this thing around like it's an attachment of ourselves. We have it next to us when we're watching something. And mm. at the climax or the, you know, the, the, the best part of this movie, we're, we're wondering why we're almost wanting to reach for our phone. Yeah. We know we messaged someone an hour ago and we're waiting for their reply. We know we posted something a half an hour ago and we're waiting to see the response. So this pull is strong. And mm. if you're always, like I say, dependent on that for validation, for the dopamine hit, you're never fully there. You're never fully in your mm. life. Mm. And I think it's just a, it's an everyday journey and it's an everyday practice. You know, you got to do the mm. work. If you don't want to just exist through your life and it to rapidly you know, whiz by because mm. the less present you are, the faster your life goes, doesn't it? You know, the mm. more in here, it's like, oh, is this mm. week just gone? Yeah, it has. It's gone in a flash because most of it you spend overthinking mm. um, or scrolling in this spell, you know, and it's mm. not normal. Yeah. And it's, you look around and it is normalized and it is socially acceptable mm. that we're all standing with no contact, with no energy passing, with no, I, we're just, you know, and what mm. it's going to do to our spines, <laughs> all this yeah. down. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like I say, it's a, it's a lifelong, like, you know, it, it's, you have to continuously work at this stuff and you're a life coach, mm. so you know how to get the best out of people. And mm. that's really, I think my passion is to just keep trying to help people with the tools available to get the best out of their life. Mm. Yeah, it's a short life. We don't know how long we've got, do we? And I think anyone that has lost someone uh, dear to them, you do get that sense of mm. impermanence. You know, it's so impermanent. And I think that's taught everybody, this pandemic, COVID-19, that's taught everybody that impermanence, hasn't it? We've all mm. been in fear of losing someone or, or being unwell. Um, yeah. We tend to take it for granted that the ground is very stable and steady and it isn't, you know, at any moment it, it isn't. But um, mm. I think there'll be good stuff to come out of this. Do you? Yeah, I think I think there's definitely a silver lining to it. Yeah. I think, I mean, for me personally, I, you know, I'm very grateful for where I am and my current situation. And mm. I, I, you know, with I think without this pandemic, um, I probably wouldn't have had you know time to do time and focus to do podcasts yeah. to focus on certain things. So you know, I've I've kind of seen it as an opportunity and and time to you know network, do this, yeah. and you know focus on that and focus on coaching and different things. So so for me, I mean, it you know it's kind of worked. You know, okay. Um, I think people have a choice. I think people have a choice of their current situation and how they want things to be. Mm. Um, I, I know a lot of people who, you know, it's been that space and time to think about their job and they change their job and mm. things like that. Some yeah. people haven't and they've just, just you know, chilled and watched TV, uh, <laughs> you know, seen it as a holiday. I mean, fair enough. But yeah. I I think, you know, people have their own choice with it. Um, and it, I think a lot of it's how you react with it. I mean, a lot of people you know, lost businesses and things like that have happened. But I know some people, who, you know, who've kind of improvised throughout this time. So I think it's trying not to lose your head. It, you know, it's things that, that can sound. I know it's difficult, but I think a lot of people, it's kind of, there's a silver lining to it, you know, some yeah. somewhere in it. Um, yeah. And I, I, I agree with you with social media as well. Like I saw that documentary and I, 
you know, I, I use pretty much all the platforms apart from Snapchat, really. I, I've got Snapchat, but I don't, I don't really use it. But, you know, I have to be very kind of balanced with my time. And I think from watching that documentary, it made me more mindful of, of, of some of the things that I, you know, get in that feed. And I, I think I turn notifications off on it, actually. I turn notifications off Good on one. Instagram. Yeah, and I, I I use LinkedIn. But, I mean, what what I tend to do is I'll ask myself, you know, why am I... Before I go on it sometimes, I'll be like, what, what, why am I going on it? Yeah. Okay, um, I've got something to post. Okay, post it. Mm. And try and not get caught into that feed where you end up looking at something. Yeah. And stuff like that. I kind of use it to post my stuff. I do that, do what I need to do, respond to messages, mm. or um, I follow a lot of Gary Vee's stuff and I'll watch a lot of, do you know what I mean? So I, I try and be focused on what I look at. Yeah. But sometimes I get caught adrift watching a, a funny video and then I'm like, shit, 10 minutes has gone by. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to come off it now. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I've got friends that are gifted and talented and intelligent and strong people, but they're saying to me, Hannah, I'm, I'm, I'm caught up in it. I just had an hour where I was in like a zone of just like a zombie zone of just scrolling and then just comparing and then just thinking. And it's like, we wonder why our minds are so busy. You know, mm. and I think you're right. It's, it's looking at something thinking, is this harmful or helpful? You know, if it's mm. helpful because I'm learning, if it's helpful because it's helping my self growth or it's helping me to gain perspective or helping my business, great, I'll dedicate that time. If it's just harmful really to my mental health because all I'm doing is comparing my life to others or wasting time that I could be spending other stuff. You know, really I think a lot of social media is now just mentally weakening and we need to really be doing things every day to mentally strengthen, you know, and that means doing having your self-care routine where you get up in the morning and you just sit for five minutes if that's what it takes just to clear the mind or you do a bit of journaling or you do a bit of yoga or just stretch all your exercise, but it's just finding ways to keep you mentally strong in preparation for those challenges. You know, there's millions and millions of people around the, the world that are going to go through grief and financial strain and mental health issues or physical health issues, you know, abortion, miscarriage, relationship breakdown. These things are not unknown, uncommon. And so it's, I think we go through some of our twenties just living for the moment and kind of having fun and then you get a little bit further up for me I, I got I had to get close to my 30s before I started to realize about mental well-being and the mm. importance of taking care of that because the brain is like a muscle you know and mm. if you don't warm it up in the mornings and cool it down at the end mm. of the day mm. and if we have overuse and unrealistic use we're going to incur injuries just like any other muscle and mm. with our minds those injuries are common mental health problems you mm. know or worse so we have to just take care of ourselves. And, and mm. I think mental health has definitely shot up the agenda, which mm. is wonderful news. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think companies are taking responsibility now, which is fantastic um, because they do have a responsibility to keep their workforce sane and to keep help keep the world sane. Spend so much time at work, don't we? Mm. Um, that's why it's important to, to feel protected and safe at work. You know, it's like, I think the mentality is changing, you know, don't bring your personal life into the workplace. It's like, how can we not? Because we're multi-layered balls mm. of emotion and experience and upbringing and 
you know, things are happening every day. And how can we not take that into the place where we work every day and spend eight hours, you know, just unrealistic. And now it's mm. kind of, I know the mental health first aiding company had a campaign, bring your whole self to work, you know, dress how you want to dress, be you. Yeah, you can't let your work suffer, but come in and tell us that you're going through some depression. Tell us that you've mm. got a mental health problem. Tell us that you're struggling with a relationship breakdown or being a parent or we can support you and all the employee assistant uh, programs that there are now companies mm. are taking care of their employees and, mm. and they should you know. yeah yeah no i think i think it's definitely more highlighted now more than ever um i think you know like I, i've worked in, predominantly in a lot of like restaurants and hotels and like stressful like it's like you know it can be an understatement sometimes like it's it can be like so full-on and you know, in the kitchens, it's hot, there's pressure, there's standards. Uh, you know, the chefs do crazy hours and people running yeah. around. And I, I remember, like, I worked in one place and I saw we had six, five to six head chefs and, like, three managers in the space of, like, six months. And it was just, like, people come and going. And you didn't know if you wanted to get attached to someone or talk because they might be gone in a week. And it was like, you know, mental health in that in that industry as well is like I think, you know, is I think they're more understanding of it, like you said. Now, um, you know, people talking about it, um, it's still stressful, but I think it's it's a lot more highlighted than than it used to be. Like, yeah. But but I think it depends on you know the manager sometimes and if they're understanding of that's in place. Mm. I had one manager. And the person was like, on a scale of one to ten, how important is it? And I was like, well, you know, this is important. I need to talk to you. But it was like, well, you kind of feel, sometimes people feel like they can't talk to the boss because their boss is coming from that angle or they don't want to interrupt their work. But I think, like, it's getting more highlighted now because, like you said, you can't have a strong workforce if they're not mentally fit, you know? Absolutely. And it's great that um, a lot of people are coming out and speaking about their experiences. I mean, I watched the documentary, the Freddie Flintoff documentary and, and how, you know, he's has a struggling with an eating disorder. And there's mm. so many men, you know, suicide is the biggest killer between say 35 and 45 or something, I think. Yeah. Around there. And it's, so people coming out and speaking about their experiences is fantastic. Mm. Um, because like you say, people have felt alienated and scared to come out and speak. And now it's not just a tick off for companies. It's it's a must, you know, it's not just a, it's imperative. It's not just, we need to show that we're considering mental wellbeing. It's imperative that they do. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And I think like it encourages other people to then talk about it as well. If they, you know, see someone else who's talking about it, it kind of gives them that kind of like, oh, you know, so they can talk about it and then I can. And I think that's kind of, <laughs> how it helps you know people and i think you know social media like is a tool i find and it's like you know how you use that and how you leverage it and people just need to have that balance with it mm. and that's why meditation is fantastic because when you switch off the phone or the screen and you just come within and you go internally you can take that moment to really you know feel the heartbeat connect to the breath and when mm. you do that, because you've become so present, it almost makes you go, wow, mm. just to be here with myself right now feels very different to how I feel when I'm scrolling and when I'm, you know, should we just try it, Adam? Should we do a couple of minutes? 
just to, to conclude yeah, yeah. the meditation, yeah? yeah? Yeah, of course, yeah. Okay, let's do it. Sweet. Okay, so I'll invite you just to close your eyes for a moment, just for this couple of minutes. And just going within and just kind of connecting to the heartbeat. And just releasing or just noticing if there's any tension in your face. or any tension in the arms, allow the shoulders just to hang down. And then just connect to your breath as if, as if that's the only thing you have to think about today, just breathing in and breathing out. Just considering that the quality of your breath can determine the quality of your mind so really breathe with meaning and purpose. Regulate your breath and breathe with ease. Just take a moment for some gratitude, just remembering how well we're all doing in this time and how strong and resilient we can be. taking a slightly deeper breath in and then exhaling any tension and slowly opening the eyes. There you Stop. go. <laughs> I haven't made you too sleepy, have I? Yeah. <laughs> Good job I'm not driving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never meditate on the wheel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was really nice. Good. Yeah, it's good. Oh, good to give yourself that time just even if it's 10 or 15 minutes a day i mean when trying to meditate um, or just sitting and breathing as i like to call it as well the first 10 minutes are like a settling time you realize how mm. busy your mind is then it starts to slow down a bit then your connection to the breath gets a little bit stronger and then you can get into a deeper more healing point mm. of the meditation mm. you know the so first 10 minutes settling and then after that that's the real good stuff you know mm. Yeah, nice. No, I think it's I think it's definitely great, and I think everyone's kind of got that ability to do it, haven't they? Just you know, grab a few minutes and yeah. you know to do it. And I, I, I've had hypnosis in the past, mm. and uh, my mum's my mum's kind of a, got a therapist, and she oh, does yeah. hypnotherapy. So like in the past, she used to do it with me. So if I ever hear like those kind of like binaural sounds, yeah, sometimes she'll play them, and I, I'm, I'm sat in the living room. I'm like. I'm like going back and I'm like, just turn, I'm like, turn it off. Turn it, I was like, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going into a zone, turn it off. That's it. But that's great that you can use that tool or tap into that, you know, having a mother that does that. Because when mm. you, when you, when you're hypnotized and you're taking into a different brain state, you know, the alpha, del uh, delta, beta, mm. theta, and it's, they're yeah. the, the accelerated learning state. So neuroscientists nowadays are realizing that if you can get yourself into those brain states, we can mm. learn how to memorize, how to retain and how to learn quicker. And that's mm. why when we wake up first thing in the morning, when we're in that alpha brain state, when we start to scroll or look at a screen, we're mm. flooding our mind, we're flooding our brain. And it's too much. You know, you wouldn't, mm. you wouldn't wake up and just grab a weight and start pumping it because you get an injury. <laughs> and that's the same thing for our mind. You know, we need to take at least the first 45 minutes of the day without looking at a screen. Mm. You know, oh, but it's my alarm. And then I get an alarm clock. You know, that device is like a constant 
distraction all day, Instagram, LinkedIn, WhatsApp, emails. Mm. When you have that next to your head, how mm. do you think you're going to have refreshing sleep at night? Because subconsciously yeah. you're still being pulled. You know, even if you have it on flight mode, just the fact that that black object mm. is in your room, you know, and that's one of the things I try and say, just leave it outside the bedroom door. If you want to have the ringtone on just in case it, someone calls you or an emergency, don't have it next to your head. And then mm. radiation as well, not good, but it's good to be able to tap into those, into mm. that zone for yourself. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I, I sometimes say to people, you know, charge it away from your bed, you know, put it away so you don't have to get out of bed to the, Definitely. when you're out. Because I've had it sometimes like, you know, the next to your bed, and you grab it and then you sat there for 20 you're laying down for 20 minutes and you're like, oh, I know what we've done and then yeah. but you, you definitely feel the benefit when you don't do that and you know like, I, I try and read sometimes before I go to bed you know just have that mm -hmm. cut off time from a screen yeah. um, but no it's definitely important but um, but yeah no it's it's been it's been great talking to you Hannah Rooney. thank you Adam thank you so much no you're yeah. very welcome and um, where where can people find you on like social media or like so, yeah, so Love Love Day Wellbeing is on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Um, and yeah, I'm Hannah Love Day, and come and check me out. I also YouTube. I'm putting more presence onto YouTube now. I'm getting some meditations mm. out there, um, mm. and for the employee wellbeing courses and workshops. You know, we've got I've got longer ones. I've got shorter courses, bite sized courses. I do one to one. Um, bespoke kind of uh, mindfulness stuff. So yeah, come and find me online. Uh, check out my site. And yeah, thank you again for having me. Hope to talk yeah. to you again soon. Yeah, no, you too. You're welcome. And um, I'll definitely, you know, share your content for you and uh, put it out there. Likewise. Oh, awesome. But no, have a great day. And you have a great day. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Hi there, I'd just like to say a massive thank you for listening to my podcast. I really hope that my podcast has a positive impact and provides positive value to you and your life. I'm also a certified and accredited life coach and I am offering free discovery call consultations up to 15 minutes. And through these calls, I will touch base with you and see where you're at in your current situation. And as a life coach, I can help you in areas with, you know, mental health, anxiety, depression, goal setting, relationship coaching, and, you know, many other areas of life. So if you're interested in having a free consultation, please get in touch at thepositivitypodcast at gmail.com, or you can reach me on LinkedIn with the name Adam Parr or my Instagram at positivity94 so if you're interested in having a consultation and you know you're at a place in your life where you know you're wanting to reach out for help um, please get in touch 
and um, I'll be happy to to help you. Um, have a great day and um, all the best. Take care.